Mm. Okay. Yep. Mm. All right. All right. Here we go. Mm. You thought I was going to start rapping there, but I'm not. I'm actually just here to introduce our next guest for the Forward Thinking Founders podcast. The podcast where we interview founders who are at the very beginning of their startup that are in the process of willing their vision into the future. And we talk about it on this podcast. Today we're interviewing Kadrian Cowensage, who's the CEO and founder of Alpha. Alpha is an online network for women in tech. We go all about, we go into everything about Alpha, what it represents, and why it matters in today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed as much as I did. And with that, let's get into it. Adrian, how's it going? Hi, it's going really well. How are you? I'm doing excellent. It's uh, it's nearing-ish the end of the day, and I've been really looking forward to this conversation to just jam out about tech and, and, and a lot of different topics, so I'm looking forward to it. So let's let's just dive right into it. So you started this company called Alpha. For those who don't know who are listening, can you give everyone a, an idea of, of what Alpha is and, and why you started it? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Alpha is an online community for women in tech. Uh, and so the idea is that it's a place where women in tech can come to talk candidly online. Um, and so our members come to Alpha to talk about personal and professional development, uh, for company advice, uh, to find support and to make friends. Um, and I originally started Alpha because I basically didn't feel like I had a place to talk to other women in the industry. I felt like um, there weren't other communities out there where I was getting to know my, you know, potential coworkers and co-founders and investors um, and really build those connections. Um, and so I wanted to have that sort of candid, uh, real honest place where people felt like they could talk about really sort of sensitive and serious topics and also fun things um, in a comfortable way. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. Can you go into the, the, a little more of the details on what an average user of, of Alpha kind of sees when they, uh, when they log in? Or even if someone just goes to the website, I'm on alpha.com and I, yep. I see it's almost uh, Reddit style, but it has a, much, a really cool spin to it. Can you just describe the experience for someone if they're going to alpha.com right now? Yeah, for sure. So it looks different if you're a member versus if you just go to alpha.com and you're logged out. Um, so when you're a member, you basically become a member by applying. And then once you're in, it's sort of reddity. It's uh, definitely got a different look and feel. Um, it, the intention is for it to be uh, sort of friendly moderated forum, right? And so uh, our members can post questions, post advice, share uh, their thoughts, um, you know, just sort of put uh, everything out there about their lives and their expertise. Uh, and then we all have conversations around these various topics and the news, especially uh, like uh, things you would be familiar with if you've seen a forum before. And then every member has a profile uh, where we highlight the conversations that they're having and their, uh, their expertise. And we have uh, direct messaging as well. So if you see a profile of somebody that you're interested in or they post something that's really interesting to you, then you can send them a note. Uh, we do group messaging as well. So if you are having a really interesting conversation with a group, but there are some pieces of it that sort of feel like you don't want them 
you know, to be shared with so many people, you can go ahead and have a, a group conversation in private. And so the idea is really to create the tools to facilitate uh, building those, those real authentic relationships uh, and, you know, have those continue on into the physical world. Ooh, that's an interesting way that you you ended that it's having these online relationships or that that kind of carry on into the physical world how are you or how do you plan to um take these relationships that are being built online with, uh and bring them into into the world are there meetups are there physical locations um also feel free to think about like what you would like there to be in the future yeah for sure um so my co-founder and i are both uh, we come from technical and product backgrounds in tech. Uh, so I'm an engineer and she is a product designer uh, by trade. And so we very much are focused on the online component to start and sort of uh, creating the space uh, uh, digitally for everyone to get to know each other. But I think it's, you know, I think we're definitely seeing the trend that people don't want to just exist online, right? They want to have relationships online that are in service of relationships offline. They want to, you know, be spending less time in front of screens, right? And so um, part of what we think is important for Alpha and the future of Alpha is creating the place where you can develop those relationships and maintain them if you're not in the same locations, but then also, uh, you know, get together, uh, uh, in real life. And so that for us is, you know, we do meetups now, but I think we'll do a, just a ton more of events. Um, it will be, you know, social gatherings. It will be um, uh, sort of technical, more like expert focused um, tactical events as well. So like getting advice about how to, you know, build your startup or, you know, having uh, coaching sessions and things like that. So I think there will be a lot of that kind of, um, that kind of sort of in-person collaborative uh, content. Um, and then I think, you know, we could potentially have a conference. We could potentially do all sorts of like, uh, meetups in different locations. Right now, our members actually uh, host their own meetups, which we love. Uh, we get a few of those every month where folks in like different states where, you know, we aren't physically located will actually host their own and we'll send them stickers and, and things like that so that they, you know, they have some alpha swag for when they all meet up. And then, you know, we love to see their pictures and things like that. And so I think we'll just keep developing that and hopefully, you know, as we grow, um, be able to put more resources behind it. That's awesome. I think what's interesting about Alpha is that, as I'm sure you know, obviously, and, and many people in the world know, there's been, uh, um, I would say, a need for something like this for, for, for a long time. I mean, with with conversation about diversity in tech and whatnot, mm -hmm. and, and women in tech, I think that, it, I think it, what I'm most interested in in regards to Alpha is what it can lead to, and not necessarily the not necessarily the, the product, but, but kind of like the movement, like yes. what, what it stands for. Mm -hmm. Can you go into a little bit on, um, it, is Alpha more than a product? Is it is it a movement or is it a, st is it a start of something that could grow into be something much bigger than, than just a product that people use or a meetup that people go to? I'm interested to hear. Yeah, I think, I think for sure. I think, you know, empowerment of women through technology is something that's happening right now. I think we're just at the beginning of it. Uh, women are hungry for the tools and the services um, 
that are built basically for and by them. And so, you know, one of the things that I think is so important about Alpha is that I'm actually building the software. You know, my product, my co-founder is actually designing the product, right? We are women building uh, for ourselves. And so, you know, I think women are just hungry for products that are thought through and built for them. And um, as women are getting more and more engaged with building the products themselves, with starting their own companies, it's like, you know, they are becoming more powerful. They are going to be amassing more and more wealth and being able to put that back into the industry. And so invest in more companies, uh, you know, diverse founders where, you know, the, the sort of identity and experiences that they have allow them to develop, you know, much sort of different and more interesting products than what we've seen. And so I, I'm super excited about this movement. I think it's going to be huge and it's going to create, you know, just a ton of interesting companies and products. And also, you know, it's going to have a huge impact on society as well. So. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, as a part of that shift, as a part of that change, something that I noticed that Alpha is doing is you are, I don't know exactly how to say it, but you kind of look at companies and you, you're gauging how how fair are they to, like, how diverse are they? Or how is this company, um, is it equal equal? Or is this company fair to women? Or is, is there a pay gap or anything like that? I'm curious, like, what's your, can you expand? I'm not super educated on that. So you can yeah. tell me that part of your company. And tell me, as that grows, what kind of changes do you think that um, tech founders, you know, women, uh, women, female or male, starting companies today should be thinking about when it regards to building a company um, that maybe someone from 10 years ago wasn't thinking about when they started a company and that this wasn't much of a conversation. Yeah, sure. I think that the culture of uh, the company and, you know, who the employees are with a composition of your, your, uh, your company's employees is, is like, something that people are thinking about a lot more. Like, how do you uh, have a, a diverse set of employees and retain them and make sure they're really happy and, you know, doing their best work at your company? I think that's something that people are recognizing is, you know, if you want to basically have a diverse group of people and a culture that is, you know, comfortable for everyone, you have to start thinking about it really, really early in the life of your business. And so, um, you know, there's a lot more content online about that. There's a lot more, you know, focus on inclusion. I think um, founders are, you know, prioritizing that a lot more. We're definitely seeing that, you know, we have a lot of companies that reach out to us that you, that are interested in partnering and working with us because, you know, that's something that's top of mind for them. And so uh, we've started to partner with companies where um, making sure that uh, they're providing, um, you know, opportunities and access and, and uh, a great culture for their female employees, um, making sure that they want to do all those things that we're starting to partner with them. And so um, it's, it's been really interesting. And I, you know, there are trends that I'm starting to see in sort of the way companies are thinking about their culture. Um, but, uh, but the way we've sort of approached those partnerships is that uh, we asked our members, we said, what are the things that you care to know most about companies that you feel like you don't know usually when you're looking for jobs or when you're evaluating where you want to work next? And so, you know, we got a ton of feedback about like the information that isn't typically available and questions that go unanswered and, and all those kinds of things. And so um, through that exploration, we, put together um, 
basically a list of questions that our partner companies uh, answer when they when they start working with us about you know salary and how many women do you have in leadership and you know what what happens when there's a conflict at work and you know all of these kinds of things that you know you don't typically know before you start a job but are really really important and um, and you know because women are in um, you know a minority group at a lot of tech companies and very often you're the only woman on your team these things become a lot more critical to know up front and so um, you know, our goal is to basically provide as much information about these companies as we can to our members. And I think it's also very telling about every company's culture, right? So, but, you know, through each of these profiles, you get such an interesting sense for how, you know, one company is different from another in terms of how they speak about their team and their product and, you know, in terms of how they structure their policies and all sorts of things like that. And so um, just sort of making the companies a lot more transparent, I think is really, really helpful. It's needed. Uh, it's big time needed. I, I, a company that will go unnamed, but the company I was at at some point in my life in the last five years, um, I joined the team uh, and it was a large group of males, and which is still common. Um, but I, I brought up like, and it wasn't just me, a few of us brought up, hey, like when we're hiring, look at the room, guys, like let's Let's think about um, let's think about um, other aspects of who of who we're hiring. And honestly, like it's not good that there's eleven of us and we're all male. Like, how does that? If we ever want there to be a good representation or equal representation, we have to think about that now. And the response was like, oh, that doesn't it it, it's, it it doesn't really matter. We just hire for the top talent. I'm just like, it, yeah, but like women are like girls are freaking awesome. And and like <laughs> like I I was appalled at the response. Luckily, I have my own company now, so I I, I am controlling. That which is good. I am very conscious of of the conversation, and I'm uh, I'm excited to to grow the type of company I want to be a part of. But what you just said is necessary. Um, there are a lot of companies that don't think about that, and it goes unnoticed, and they just do their thing, and and, and it's uncomfortable for, in my opinion, it might be uncomfortable for um, a woman to join twenty employees in after the first woman. Um, so I think that's awesome. I love what you're doing. Oh, thanks. I'm curious. Uh, two questions. In 20 years, or in 30 years, it's hard, it's hard to imagine because so, so much can change, but what does the world look like um, because Alpha exists, existed? Like, like what is different, um, not just like two years from now, but like if you, if you really go, go a decade or two from now, what changes and, and how does that change the, the kind of trajectory of tech and representation in tech? Yeah, totally. So, uh, you know, I think uh, the tech industry will be more equitable, right? And that uh, women will not feel alone at their jobs. Uh, they will have the support they need. They will see other women in the industry who are more senior, who are, you know, executing. And, you know, they will know that they have those role models and they can do that too. And there's just going to be more and more women who are taking on bigger and bigger roles and more and more influence in the industry and 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 you know the network is just going to become more and more powerful right and you know the cool thing is that so many of these women want to 
you know, give back and, and support sort of the next generation. And so, you know, we see that now where very senior women join Alpha and they, you know, their goal is basically to provide advice and insight and, and help the next generation. And so we can build this hugely powerful network where women are getting funded. Uh, women are starting more companies, you know, more engineers are joining the workforce, you know, engineers that are mid-career who would have otherwise left are now staying at their jobs and becoming VP engines. CTOs and they're having an influence on you know what their culture at their companies looks like and they're hiring more you know women and so it just will have an tr incredibly transformative effect of, in terms of what the the um, the demographics of the industry will look like and then you know just in terms of products right people who have different views and of the world and come from different backgrounds and have different identities just naturally think about product differently because you know they empathize with a, you know a different set of people they they see products in a different light and so you know all of a sudden it's just the it, you know products will work better for more people you know um, so I, I think it's really exciting and I think you know I that's the world I want to live in so I <laughs> I'm very excited for that. Well, the good thing about that is that it's a world you want to live in and you're building it. Like, yes, you're, it's exactly. Entrepreneurship. <laughs> a couple more questions. Um, so if I have this right, I believe you have gone or are currently going through Y Combinator. Yes. And I know that Y Combinator, um, for those who don't know, Y Combinator is an accelerator in San Francisco, in the Silicon Valley. They are uh, responsible for a lot of the companies that you, that you might have heard of. Um, and and uh, Alpha is a part of Y Combinator. And what I've noticed about Y Combinator is they have done a very conscious push um, about, uh, in regards to diversity by not just funding more women-led um, women teams, but tracking it and having a conference called the Female Founders Conference. I'm kind of curious, what are other, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Y Combinator's stance on this, but also like, what are some other organizations that you've noticed that are actively thinking about the problem and taking steps to consciously solve it, like what I'm noticing y YC is doing? Yeah, for sure. That's really interesting. That's a really good question. Um, so, so I can't tell you YC's stance at this point because I used to be an employee there, but I no longer am. And so, you know, I think you have to ask a YC spokesperson to speak sure. to that. Um, but YC is definitely, you know, their goal is to um, fund every founder who is building a company that is has the potential for success and you know that is not just white men right that's you know tons of other founders and that includes people who traditionally may not have started startups or would not have had access to capital and so uh, you know it's very, very important to watch to make sure the funding is well and so I think the only way you can really you know be aware of whether there's bias in your process or whether you know you're you're sort of following your your you, whether you're accountable to what you say is by tracking it and having numbers and so I think they're doing exactly what they should do by by keeping track and, and holding themselves accountable and sharing those numbers publicly so I think that's great um, in terms of other companies I think you know project include for example um, they have a they have a program where they help uh, startups basically figure out how to be uh, inclusive to people from all different backgrounds and you know a lot of what they do is around um, is around 
uh, education, but then also reporting. And so those companies report stats as well. And so uh, the companies that, you know, are, are really focused on that and are open to sharing their their sort of data and stats and how they're doing, um, I think are good examples of ones that are really forward thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that's awesome to have an insight into that. Um, another, another question that I have, and you can answer it in whatever way that you want, but I would love to know, outside of yourself and anyone on your team, who are the most badass female founders that, that you know of that are building companies now or have built a company uh, and why? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Tracy Young of PlanGrid is one that comes to mind and she's a YC founder. Uh, she's doing an AMA with us actually. Um, I don't remember when, I think in a couple, a month maybe. Nice. Um, and they just exited. So that's super exciting around a billion dollars. And she's just super hardcore. You know, she has been just building her business, grinding it out, sort of no bullshit. And, you know, that's a sort of mentality that I really admire. Um, uh, and then uh, Jen Rubio of Way, of course. Uh, <laughs> she's been in the news a lot lately. Mm -hmm. uh, super impressive. Emily Weiss uh, Glossier is also really impressive. And, you know, the way she's built such a powerful brand. Um, so I think I think there are quite a few, and it's exciting that there are so many, and that the, you know the billion number is now being thrown around with female founders, and yeah. that you know there's just going to be more and more. Yeah, I, that's that's awesome. There's a few names in there that that I recognize, and a few that I don't. So I have some people to look up. Um, yeah. One of mine, uh, who it's not even I would just call it potentially one of my favorite founders. Period is um, Matilda. Uh, yes. From Front. Yes. Her, her take on startups, and, and not just her take, but her how she is running front and how she talks about it is very refreshing to another fairly young founder. And I just think her the way that she's thinking about everything about running her company is so beyond her time. And it's just kind of a role model for, for me, like as I'm, as I'm running Gigloft, uh, she's, she's just killing it. And, and she's talking about how she's killing it. And she's, um, I just think it's, uh, it's cool to see one female founder is killing it, but I uh, personally, I like when I see people that are maybe a, a little younger because it's kind of inspirational for me because I'm also a fairly young founder at 25. So when I see people like 30, 31, 27, whatever, you know, you're absolutely crushing it. I'm just like, oh, this is cool. Like anyone can do it. You just got to surround yourself with the right people, have the right mindset, yeah. product. Totally. Matilda's awesome. She actually did, um, she spoke at a dinner recently at YC, so I should have mentioned her too. Uh, she's super impressive. And I think one of the things that's so neat, uh, that was so neat about hearing her speak is she's just super candid and, you know, you, super real like that. And, you know, that's sort of what we go for on Alpha too. So um, I love that spirit where she's just being very honest about, you know, what she's good at, what she's bad at. Uh, you know, she's good at a lot of things, which is really exciting. She's, you know, super hardworking and you know she's got a lot of really interesting ideas about how to build a great company how to build a great culture and and how to uh you know i think especially one of the things that's super interesting is how to, to retain employees um and so totally agree like very very uh very knowledgeable and mature for her age <laughs> yeah. for sure definitely yeah so I have one I have one last question before I go into the final question that I always ask. And this, so 
it's almost asking for advice as, as I build my company. Yeah. Something that I think a lot of founders, uh, male founders, uh, have to think about is I have definitely, I know more, I know more uh, male guys, you know, that, that in my friend group than, than girls just because how, that's how I grew up. So when I hire and make sure that, uh, that, that I have, I mean, interviewing equal amounts and just fair opportunity. What are some ways that yeah. you suggest that someone like me make sure my bias isn't getting in the way and I'm, 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 I'm making sure the opportunity is seen by, by, by everyone everywhere, not just my network, which is yeah. slightly to men because that's, that's totally, I think that's totally normal. Um, I think that there's a few things that you can do straight off the bat. I think in terms of bias, one great thing to do is actually write down the sort of uh, the qualities or the skills that you're looking for in a person. So don't just say culture fit, say, what does that mean for me and my company? Um, and then, you know, make sure that the things that you write down are measurable, not things like she's nice, but things like uh, she has, you know, a, an ex uh, background building web products or, you know, she values, um, she values in-person teamwork, you know, things like that, um, so that you can sort of uh, have uh, more concrete information to sort of measure your interview against and measure the person against. And so that helps you eliminate bias for sure. Um, and then in terms of making sure your candidate pool is uh, diverse, I think you have to, you know, go to where the people you want to hire hang out and make sure that they are actually seeing your job description, that they're familiar with your brand, you know, thinking about how you're building your brand in an inclusive way, the language that you use in your job description, the language that you use to describe your brand, all of those kinds of things. And, you know, very often the people that you want to hire aren't looking for a job right when you want to hire them. So the more you can sort of put out what you're about and, you know, get on, get on these, you know, great candidates radar ahead of time, the better because, you know, it's, I think, you know, at least from my own experience and in my network, it's very true that I, I don't, um, I don't just go look at job descriptions, right? The first thing I would do in a job search is go ask my friends, you know, which companies are great to work at, which have you really enjoyed working at? And so, you know, making sure that, um, you know, the, all these people have heard of you and that they can say, oh, I just read an article about, you know, this great company. Here are the five reasons why, you know, it, it, um, it, it, its culture seems like it could be a really great fit. I think, you know, having that kind of information out there is really important. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of places that you can post that uh, a job description that women will discover it. And, you know, a very good one is Alpha. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's that's a fantastic answer and very educational uh, for me. So thank you. Cool. So my last question is: You're building the future. You are have this brand and this movement and this product that is attracting women in tech from everywhere to unite and kind of uh, help uh, help them figure out how to get to tech and talk about challenges and whatnot. And and you're actively building the future. So what advice would you have for someone listening to the podcast? who wants to build their own future, who might be interested in something but doesn't necessarily know where to start, uh, what, what would you tell that person? 
Yeah, so I actually started building Alpha while I was working at Y Combinator as a side project. Um, and it was a side project for a long time because, you know, I was kind of scared about it. I think because it, I wasn't sure what the business model would be and I wasn't sure, you know, how to scale it and all the things that everybody is scared of. Or And I think that you just have to, you know, jump in and go for it and, you know, and you know, give whatever you, whatever you want to do, what, uh, whatever you're thinking about building a try. Um, and so, my advice is to you know, actually build it, go do it, <laughs> don't wait. <laughs> um, nothing's as scary as it seems. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first. Thank you so much for hopping on to Forward Thinking Founders. I really appreciate your time and, and the knowledge that you spread with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. <laughs>